In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, give you thanks and praise for the gift of our faith, the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who is the Lamb of God. May he be for us a source of our consolation. May we ourselves offer you our sacrifices in unity with your sacrifice for the salvation of our souls and of the whole world. Amen. If we're observant in the world around us, especially as Americans, especially in the modern, the modern day of, of humanity, we live in the most, and I think objectively, I think we live in the most comfortable era in human history, like hands down. Like here, sitting here right now in this church, or just in, in general, when it comes to your lives, how we live our lives is very, very important to recognize that we live very, very comfortable lives. For example, we live in a world where we have Air condition. If it's too hot outside, we come inside. There's air conditioning. It's a new invention, relatively new. We want heat, right? Yesterday, I was asking the kids. I was like, first community kids. I was like, who here knows how to chop wood and throw it into their fireplace? Like ten kids' hands went up, and I was like, liar, 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 liar. And we had the best first confession ever. Like, you don't know how to chop wood. I don't know how to chop wood and throw it into a fire. Like this is a thing you do. If you do it for like camping or whatever, we don't actually need to throw it in our fireplaces to heat our houses. We go to our our thermostat. We hit a button. And then our houses are magically heated. It's beautiful. We have running water, right? We have indoor plumbing, all these things. We had food galore. Sitting here in this church, if I want Thai food, I can get Thai food. If I want Chinese food, I can get Chinese food. I can get Ethiopian food. I can get Mexican food. I can get Jimmy John's. I can get whatever I want at the drop of a hat. Easily. Whatever food I want in the world, I don't have to go and harvest it and then cook it and then store it somehow and hopefully it doesn't go bad. We live in a very, very extremely comfortable world which is fine. Hey, listen, we've worked hard. We've de- developed as a, as a society, as a race, as a people, as humans. We should appreciate the comforts of our lives, but we have to recognize that comforts can't be the source of our, source of our life. For example, right, just yesterday, the day before, was the March for Life, the annual March for Life against abortion in this country. It's been politicized, therefore we have to go and politics against it and protest against it and then vote against these things in our lives. At the same time, recognize that, in my personal opinion, one of the biggest issues of abortion is the, the obsession with comfortability. They're obsessed with comforts in this world. Therefore, we seek out pleasures with zero consequences. And then when there is a consequence, we decide to kill said consequence instead of living with the other consequence, which is called human life. That's honestly, in my opinion, the biggest issue when it comes to abortion in this country. Politics aside, it's a human issue. So how do we as followers of Christ recognize that we can't live our lives for comforts? There's got to be more than our lives and comforts. Pope Benedict, of, of great memory, our previous Holy Father, he had a great quote one time, and I, honestly I think it's so beautiful. He was preaching to the people, I think to the youth. He said, the world can offer you comforts, which is clear and obvious. We are live in an extremely comfortable society and world. Once again, it's fine. The world can offer you comforts, but you were not made for comforts, you were made for greatness. There's this idea that we were made for more than just the comforts of this world. We have to be more in our lives. So for us, as we follow Jesus, as we desire to follow Jesus, for example, in the gospel, we have Jesus who, and these, these two apostles, the disciples of John, who follow Jesus, it says, they're just asking him, where are you going? And this great quote in all of scripture, it's such a beautiful way of Christ's response, come and see. Come on the journey with Christ as you did grow in discipleship. And the more and more we grow in our discipleship with Jesus, some of us are on different places in our journey. We go to Mass once a month. We went on Christmas and Easter. We're here because it's pre-Bautha. I go every Sunday. I go every day. Whatever place you are in your journey, you're here at this Mass today. 
So Christ is saying to you, come and see. So as you journey with Christ, you recognize, like, who is this Jesus guy that I'm trying to follow? And then we go back to the words of John the Baptist. Points to Jesus and says, behold, the king of kings. Behold, the great leader of the world. Behold, the great general of armies. No. Behold, the lamb of God. Behold, the man who existed, who came into the world to die to sacrifice and to suffer for our salvation, because all of us sacrifice and suffer, now we can do it with Jesus. So we think to ourselves, okay, I want to be a follower of Jesus. The next step after that is, what does God want for me in my life? Does God want you to be, get married and have a family, a beautiful vocation, a holy vocation, to become a priest, to encourage both vocations to the priesthood, a beautiful vocation, to be encouraged into religious life, to be a consecrated woman or consecrated man in the world, a beautiful vocation. What does God want for us in our lives? That whole idea of come and see, and we follow Jesus and we see. But besides that, besides that secondary vocation, our primary vocation for all of humanity is to be a disciple and follower of Jesus. And so if Jesus is the Lamb of God, He's the one who takes away the sins of the world. Therefore, the lamb, the lamb is the one who was sacrificed in the temple. He is the one who is the sacrificial lamb. Then me, if I'm called to imitate the love of Jesus, then I'm called to sacrifice as well. We hear in Romans 12 and elsewhere in Scripture, it says, St. Paul says, offer yourselves as living sacrifices. Not to go out and die, but my sacrifices of my, my daily life. For example... Big example. Monday, we start Ba'utha, a traditional fast that's always three weeks prior to Lent. So we have three weeks prior to Lent. We have three days of fasting, of intense fasting, right? We don't eat until noon. We traditionally fast from meat and dairy. My challenge for you, if you're able to do it, is to eat nothing for three days. If you can't, then eat something. Have some sardines. I don't know. I don't care, right? Don't be a burden on people's lives, right? Don't pass out. And so, Father Pierre, don't me to do this. You know your bodies, right? Someone asked me this morning, Father, can I drink coffee in the morning? I'm like, will you be nice to people if you don't drink coffee? He said, no. He said, then drink coffee in the morning. Out of, out of sacrifice to the people of God, drink it black, drink it cold. I don't know. Sacrifice. People have medical issues. People say, Father, I can't not eat meat and need that protein because they have like, physical problems. I'm like, no problem. Sleep on the floor. Eat your food cold. Only eat one meal. I don't know. We, we have to understand our own bodies and our own ability to enter into it. Because just like Jonah, because the whole story of Ba'utha goes back to Jonah, who went to preach to the Ninevites. said, repent, 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 repent. Otherwise, God's wrath will come upon you. And then what happened after you preached repentance? They repented. And they sacrificed. And then in the 500s, in the Chaldean Mosul area of the world, there was a famine. And what did we do? We offered our Ba'utha fast. Just like Jonah, then they offered their fast. We offered our fast. And God lamented. And the famine and the, and the problems of the time were lifted. Same thing for us. As we enter into Ba'utha. It's not for us to say after three days of fasting, and then we feast. Right? This is what we do as followers of Christ. Once again, on this journey of Jesus, come and see. How do I do this whole journey with Jesus thing? Part of it is fasting. Because the secular, comfortable world, what is the comforts of the world? What is the lies, really the demonic lie of the world when we live for comforts? The world says, feast, 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 eat, drink, eat, drink. And then what's the consequences? Hangover, unhealthy living. Whereas Christians, we say fast, 
fast and then feast. Therefore, we appreciate the feasts because we have fasted. We appreciate the comforts of the gifts of God because first, we have fasted. So enter deeply into Ba'utha, but you don't want to come out after Ba'utha and say, look what I did. I didn't eat any dairy. I didn't eat any meat. And then the ultimate debate is eggs, meat, or dairy, or nothing. Who knows? It's an animal byproduct, but it's kind of eggs. But it's not really meat. But it is meat. Who knows? I do not care. Don't text me and ask me this week. But at the end of Ba'utha, you don't want to pat yourself on the back. Look what I did. Aren't I holy? We're all doing it. We're not special. When we fast as a community, it makes none of us special. It makes our offering together as a body of Christ. That we fast together and then we feast together. But not arbitrarily, not randomly, not just for our own self-edification, for something. So my prayer for you, my challenge for you, especially at this Mass, and then today can be a time of prayer and reflection. Before the Lions game and after the Lions game. During, don't, don't pray. It's going to be stressful, right? So, but you want to pray. What does God want me to offer this 2024 Ba'utha for? Are we in a famine time? Are we all starving? Are we at war in America? No. Thank God. We're in a time of peace. We're in a time of great surplus. We live our comforts. Fine. But where is something deeper? For me, for example, I'm offering this year's Ba'utha for all my family and friends who are distant from God and his church. I desire their salvation. I desire that they fall deeply in love with Jesus. That's number one. Number two, I'm offering my Ba'utha as your father, as your priest, for all of you. All the people that God has put into my responsibility. I will sacrifice. I will be hungry. I'm nothing. I'm a nobody. I'm a drop in the ocean. But I'm a drop. And if all of us offer our sacrifices for something, for the conversion of this country, you have a relative or a friend or family who needs conversion, you need conversion. You have an addiction you're fighting through. You have a sin that you're trying to get rid of. You have a hatred or an anger that you're trying to be at peace with. Whatever it is, articulate it. Know it, and then on Monday, when you're hungry and you come to the prayers, on Tuesday, when you're hungry and you come to the prayers, on Wednesday, when you're hungry and you come to the prayers, Jesus, I offer this for your intention. And we pray that God hears our sacrifices. We pray that God hears our ba'utha and accepts it because he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Amen.